So obviously, um, we missed last week because of snow. And this is like that. I, I understand. I'm, I'm quickly learning that Oklahoma and Arkansas are very much alike because Oklahoma does the same thing. Like if there's a chance of snow, people like freak out and close everything. And I'm like, seriously? Like, okay. But, um, but it didn't even really snow. And we canceled church last Wednesday night, which, which bummed me out. I was really close. Did any of you guys come up here to the church last Wednesday night thinking we had church? I'm sorry. I was like, I, I'm serious. I was really close to hopping in my car and coming up here just to hang out with whoever was here because the roads weren't bad and I could have done it. But I didn't. I stayed home with my family because I'm pretty sure my wife would have killed me if I would have gotten in my car and left. But anyway, so obviously we missed... Um, we missed one of the lessons in our series called Identity Crisis. And we've been looking at this for a few weeks now, and we're getting close to the end, right? We, so we've got this week, and then next week, we're going to wrap up this series. And we're going to jump into a new series the week after that. And what I want to tell you guys real quick, hey, hey, stop. It's distracting me. I've got ADHD. You've got to leave me alone, okay? Um, <laughs> okay. No, what I want to tell you guys is... If there's a topic or there's something that you have questions about or want to hear taught about in this time, I want you guys to come tell me. Because this, this time here on Wednesday nights, it's not about me. It's about you guys, right? This is, this is youth, right? I'm not a youth. I, I wish I was a youth. I feel like I'm a youth, but I'm 30, okay? I'm old. Okay, but, um, but this is about you guys. And so I want to make this time what you guys want it to be. And so if there's something you're like, hey, Brian, I really want to know about this topic, or I really want to know what the Bible says about this topic, come talk to me. Come say, hey, I want to know this. And I bet you that we can work it out to where we teach about that. So if there's something that you guys want to know, I want you guys to feel free to come talk to me. Or if you're like, Brian, I hated that Amoeba game. It was awful and everyone spilled their drinks. You can tell me that too. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Shut up. I don't care. I don't listen to you. No. Okay. <laughs> so. So tonight, to make up for uh, missing one of our lessons last week, we're actually going to do two. So I'm going to have to kind of fly through this. So I really need you guys to be on like full alert. A 10 is up. If you're taking notes, get ready to write fast because we're going to move through this pretty quick. But we're going to run through our last two places that people place their false identity or teenagers place their false identity. And remember, we were looking at this idea of false as an acronym, so it's F-A-L-S-E. And so the first three we looked at were that people put their identity in their friends, their attitude, and their looks, right? And so today we're going to look at the S and the E in false identity. <clears throat> so our final two, final two things we're going to look at are skills, ah, gotcha, skills, and experiences, okay? So after we look at these two this week, we're going to go into kind of a wrap-up next week, and we're going to kind of put a bow on this series, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll finish it up there. But let's first look at skills, okay? So we're going to jump right in and talk about how we place our identity in our skills. Well, the first thing we have to understand is that we all have skills, okay? And, and, and I don't want to hear any of you like Debbie Downers out there going, I don't have any skills. No, we all have skills. Your skill may be sleeping all day, still a skill. Okay, I can't sleep all day. I don't have that ability. I'm too high energy. Like I lay down in bed and, my, and I'm just like, I got to get up and do something. Like I can't, I can't sleep all day. So if you can sleep all day, skill. Okay, but I don't want to hear you guys say that you don't have skills. Because realistically, we all have skills. 
right? We're all good at something. And, and, and it, it just, it crushes my heart. It crushes my heart when I hear teenagers say that they don't have any skills or they don't think they're good at anything. Because we all, <laughs> we're all skilled in some areas. Some of us are really athletic. Others are really artistic. Some of you guys know a lot about cars. Others know a lot about science. We, there's so many things and we all have a skill set that fits some area. And as we've talked about many times through this, this series, as teenagers, you guys are going through this majorly transformative time in your life where you're going from your parents really forming your identity or whoever raised you forming your identity to where you're forming your own identity. Right, like this is the transformation you go through as a teenager. So as teenagers, you guys are going through a time where you're starting to figure out what your gifts and your talents and your skills are. <laughs> and we do this by, by figuring out what we're passionate about or what we're interested in. And these passions and interests many times present us a sense of purpose, right? Like, um, I'm trying to think of an example. Like, I'll just go with me. I, I always talk about me. I was trying to come up with a different one, but I'll just skip it. Um, I, I loved to play basketball in high school. That was what I loved to do. I wanted to go to practice. I wanted to go to workouts. I just wanted to do that. Like, that's what I loved to do. And it gave me a purpose, right? Like, I could get through my school day because I knew last hour was, was basketball practice. Like, it gave me a purpose. It gave me a sense of belonging in, in some regard, because I belonged with my team. And, you know, this isn't always a bad thing because as humans, we're designed to go through life together. And we're supposed to do it with people who are similar to us, right? However, far too often, our skills become an idol and thus become uh, what we portray our identity to be, or we hide our true identity behind this false identity of our skills. <clears throat> the tricky thing with skills is it's hard to tell the difference between being passionate about something and idolatize and idolatize, ugh, idol, idolizing something. There we go. And often people don't realize that their skill is where they've placed their identity until it's ripped away from them. Right? Maybe an athlete has a season-ending injury, or a band kid fails to make an honor band, or maybe a smart kid fails a test. Right? When our, when our, what we identify as our identity, what our skills that we place our identity in, when those fail us, you're really exposed. Your true inner identity is exposed, and and those whose full identity was placed in their skills, that's now taken away. And, and, you know, that could be that could be really devastating to someone. Right. If your full identity is placed in how good you are at math and you like fail a math test like that can be really devastating for a person. <clears throat> Additionally, the other side of that can also be dangerous. Our achievements in a skill can become a lens through which we view ourselves. Right. What you accomplish or fail to accomplish ultimately shapes your own image of yourself as a success or a failure, right? We all feel that way about ourselves and what we accomplish or fail to accomplish, we allow to determine whether we personally think we're a success or a failure. And guys, this isn't healthy to do. What you can or cannot do does not define who you are. I'm going to say that again because it's so contrary to what 
people tell us and what people believe nowadays. But what you can or cannot do does not define who you are. A Christian life is not about what we can do, but rather what Christ has already done. And, and, we can, and, and it's ultimately about what we can accomplish through what Christ has done for us. If you have your Bibles, <coughs> again, <coughs> sorry guys, stupid cold. Uh, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 1 tonight. And you guys should have your Bibles. This is church. But uh, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 1 tonight. I'm going to read for you guys verses 26 through 31. <coughs> it says, brothers... Think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the, and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. So that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Guys, God uses people. And he uses people who maybe we don't see skill in or we don't see a particular skill in them. He uses them and makes it skillful. We look later in 1 Corinthians 12. Paul tells us that God gives people spiritual gifts. And if you don't know what a spiritual gift is, it's a gift from God that's used, that's designed to be used by you for his glory, right? And, and you can read in, in 1 Corinthians 12, the list of spiritual gifts that it says, but everyone has one or more spiritual gifts that are designed to be used for God's kingdom. And, and this, and honestly, uh, 1 Corinthians 12 is one of my favorite passages of scripture because it goes on to say <coughs> that we are to use these spiritual gifts to make up the body of Christ. And it goes on to say that the body is a unity that is made up of many parts and forms one body. And each of us with a spiritual gift or a skill is like a body part. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 12, 20. Or, sorry, 1 Corinthians 12, 14 through 20. It says, now the body is made up of one part, not of one part, but of many. If the foot says, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not for any reason cease to be a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong in the body. It would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the body or the parts in the body, every one of them, just as wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. <laughs> Guys, I don't know if you realize this, but our body parts don't have individual identities, right? Like, I can sit here and I can name my arms like lightning and thunder, but they don't actually... That was a joke. You can laugh at that. That's okay. But, but like... But just because, just because you give your gifts a part of your body, like your arms or something of a name, does not mean it has its own identity. A body part's identity is found in what part of the body it is, right? This, my arm's identity is found in that it's part of me, right? Its identity is that it is part of Brian. And, and so in the same way, <coughs> 
just because we have a just because we have a certain skill, even if it's a spiritual gift, does not mean that we have our own identity in that skill. Rather, we are supposed to use that gift or that skill alongside other people with these same gifts to form an entirely separate identity that is one of Christ. And guys, that's called the church. Right? We were all given these spiritual gifts and we're all designed to be parts of this body. And so we don't have our own identity in ourselves because we're simply a part. We have an identity that is found in unity with other Christians in being the body of Christ. And that's called the church. So it's, it's not our, our skills and our gifts. They're not ours. They don't belong to us. Therefore, they can't be our identity. They are gifts from God that are given to us. And we've got to find our identity in who God is and how he desires to use us and use our spiritual gifts. <clears throat> so I hope you guys understand that, that, that our skills are not who we are. And our identity cannot be found in any skill, no matter how great it is. So now we're going to move on to our second one, which I said S was skill and E is experiences. As, as teenagers, again, we, we, we continue to talk about this idea that as teenagers, you guys are going through a time of life where you're transitioning from parental forming identity to yourself forming identity. And in doing this, you frequently have new experiences, right? First day of high school, driving a car getting a job, like we go through lots of experiences when we're a teenager. <clears throat> now, experiences can be some of the most formative aspects of teen development, right? Like it's important for us to experience things because that's how we learn and that's how we grow and that's how we understand how to be humans, essentially, right? Like if I never learned how to drive, it would be really hard for me to develop into like a driving adult, right? So, so we, we have to realize that experiences are not in themselves a bad thing. <coughs> However, again, we run into this impasse of something being formative rather than identifying, right? We allow something that's supposed to shape who we are, like our skills are supposed to shape how we live our life. We use it as our identity, so our experiences are supposed to shape how we live our life. And it's not supposed to be something that we, we place our identity in. However, again, we see the world telling us that we must do things or, experiencing, or experience things. And if we don't, then we're weird or maybe we're immature. Like, oh my gosh, you haven't done that. You're not an adult. You know, like that. we hear these kind of things all the time. This says we have to experience certain things to reach some sort of achievement, right? And so we, we allow ourselves to be identified by these experiences that we go through. <coughs> However, this, this desire to experience things does not just come from peer pressure. It comes from curiosity. It comes from our worldly, natural, sinful desires. And it comes from a mindset of experimentation, right? You're like, I just want to try everything there is out there and decide what's what I want best. Guys, this, this, these things that lead us to this mindset of, of placing our identity through experiences, 
It can lead us to do things that can have drastic effects, not just on our spiritual lives, but on our physical lives as well. It leads us to do things like social drinking, pushing relational boundaries, relationships becoming too physical, and even possibly things like recreational drugs or whatever. Guys, these, these experiences that we, that we feel like we need to do, guys, these could have devastating effects on, on the rest of your life. And, and let me say again, uh, we talk about this in here quite a bit, but if you guys are experimenting or, or feeling like you need to experience these things, guys, I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to love you and help you. And, and, and I really want to tell you that if you're doing stuff like that and, you, and you're going through that, you need to stop because it can have devastating effects on who you are going to become. <clears throat> I, I know it's not always easy for you guys to understand, but the impact of the decisions that you, ha- that you make now in your life greatly affect the rest of your life. And you don't even really see it until you're there. Like I look back at decisions I made whenever I was a high schooler. And I'm like, man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Or man, I wish I would have done this. And it has like this huge impact on who I am as a person now. <clears throat> but guys, it would, it would genuinely break my heart. If any of you in here made a single bad decision that had a lifelong effect on you, or in some cases could even end your life short. Guys, I can't even begin to describe to you guys how heartbreaking that would be for me. Like I take my job very seriously and I hope you guys understand that. And my job is to try to teach you guys and guide you guys and in some sense, protect you guys. And whenever I hear of students uh, that I, maybe I've had in the past or students that I currently have that are doing some of these things or experiencing some of the, or going through feeling like they need to experience these things. It's so hard for me to take because I know how devastating this can be on their life. And, and, you know, on top of, um, on top of that, um, I had a story. Do you guys want to hear a story? I got a, I got a second. You want to hear my story, my example of this? I was going to skip it, but okay. No, it's a good story. You guys can laugh at me later. I promise you'll think what a dork again. No, you can laugh at me now if you want. No, but, but let me tell you guys. So I was talking about feeling like you need to experience things. So I was going to tell a personal story. Okay. I told you guys, I like to be real with you up here, even if that means embarrassing myself, because this story is pretty embarrassing. <clears throat> so I was talking to some of you guys at winter jam or on the drive down there. And I said that Haley was the first girl that I had ever dated for more than a week. Um, if any of you guys were in the car, whenever I said that, yeah. So I didn't, I didn't have, I didn't have any girlfriends while I was in high school. Okay. I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't date once while I was in high school. First girlfriend I had, I was a sophomore in college and I dated her for like three, four days. And she was like, yeah, this isn't working out. I don't like you that much. And so I was like, okay. And then Haley was literally, I started dating her after my sophomore year of college. So I didn't date much. That may surprise you as, as a physical specimen and as attractive as I am, uh, that I did not date much, but I did not date much in high school. And so again, this is going to be like this awkward, oh, Brian's weird moment. But I was 18 years old whenever I had my first kiss. Okay. So again, we're getting like, I know guys, we can harass me about that later, but I was 18 year old when I had my first kiss. And honestly, the girl that I kissed, I didn't even like, like, 
Well, I know this is stupid. Just hear my story out, okay? I promise it has a point, okay? Listen, because I was 18 and I hadn't been kissed and I knew that I needed to be kissed because I, because I wasn't, you know, I, I, I don't know. It was this idea like that's what we're talking about, right? Is this idea that we feel like we have to have these experiences, right? I felt like that I was missing out on something or I felt like that I was, you know, that this was something that I should have already I should have already done, right? I'm 18 years old for crying out loud. Like all my other friends have had like 12 girlfriends and kissed like all of them, you know? And I'm like 18 and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm all by myself. It's great. Um, but realistically, I ended, up, I ended up kissing this girl that I didn't even like. And I look back on that now and, and I remember when Haley and I were dating, and I don't know if you guys have to do this now, but like whenever Haley and I started dating, one of the things we talked about was how many people have you kissed? Okay, and I was like, well, let me see. Is this a... She was like, I thought you only dated one person. I was like, well, yeah, but I kissed this one just to see what it was like. And I just like, and it was horrible. Like it truly made me feel like a horrible person. And I understand that that's a small scale thing, right? I already told you guys a little bit of my testimony. I was raised in church. I was never really a bad kid, which maybe why people didn't like me. I don't know. But I was never really a bad kid. And so like for me, that was like devastating to have to tell my wife that I kissed all these girls that I didn't date. Like I know that sounds stupid, but realistically it was, it was something in my life that I felt like I needed to experience. Or that the people told me that I wasn't cool unless I had, I had done that. Or I wasn't a man, you know, I, I don't know. That's stupid. But, like, realistically, we, we tell each other that we have to have certain experiences or we need to experience certain things before we, <clears throat> before we truly, like, develop or whatever. And, and, guys, that's just a bunch of nonsense. Like, we are not created to have experiences. We're created to serve God. Additionally, I want to talk kind of the other side of this. We talked on skills about how <coughs> our skills letting us down can cause us to hurt, boo, and also how our skills and our accomplishments can help us to hurt. On the other side of this, I want to talk about something that's very serious, and I think that, that honestly is going to pertain to a lot of you in there because I've seen the statistics, I, I've read the, the information, and, and I understand how big of an epidemic this is in our society. But guys, let me tell you something else right now. Lock into me because I'm almost done here. Experience, so experiences in your life are not what make you who you are. Additionally, experiences uh, of what's been done to you do not define who you are either. Okay? Guys, like I said, I've seen the statistics. I understand how high this epidemic of abuse and assault and things like that um, that's going on in our society today. And, and I just want to tell you guys, someone else's maliciousness or someone else's evilness does not define who you are, right? Someone else's actions have no bearing on who you are as a person. We are our own people. We make our own decisions. And what someone else did does not affect who you are. We, we, have to, we have to totally shred this idea that any kind of experience determines anything about us. Experiences that we do, experiences that happen, all that stuff. We have to shred this idea that experiences define us. And we have to allow ourselves to be defined by God. 
Guys, we said on night one, when we started this series on identity, we said that the only person who can shape your identity is you. You remember that? You guys get to choose what you do. You guys get to choose where you live. You guys get to choose what you do with your life. You guys get to choose all these things about yourself. But guys, our earthly accomplishments... Our earthly experiences, guys, the the Bible tells us that they mean nothing. They mean nothing to God. God is interested in our spiritual accomplishments and our spiritual experiences. We have to stop letting the world tell us how to identify ourselves. And we need to make our identity reflect what God has created us for and what we are designed to do in his kingdom. That's where our identity lies. And and next week, we're going to finish this up and we're going to talk about (coughs) the three things that God wants you to be. The three things that shape your identity um, and God wants you to be. So be back here for that. But I want to say one thing real quick. We talked about spiritual gifts a little bit tonight. and And I think that spiritual gifts, just like testimonies, are something that's almost like forgotten about in church today. And I, and I don't know how many of you guys have maybe even never heard of this idea of spiritual gifts before, but you can go online. Um, you can just go to like spiritualgifts.com or something. I don't know. Just Google spiritual gifts test and you can take um, tests that will tell you like it just asks you questions like if this happens, how would you respond? And like because of your answers, it kind of learns about you. But it tells you, gives you an idea of what your spiritual gift is. And as a Christian, that's something that's really important to know. So for me, one of my spiritual gifts is teaching. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing right now. Okay? Another one of my spiritual gifts is discernment, which is the idea of being able to tell good from evil and tell what's right and wrong. And guys, it's so important for us to know our spiritual gifts so that we know how to use them. That'd be like if you were trapped somewhere and you had... Um, a tool, but you didn't know what your tool was. You wouldn't know how to plan to get out, right? If you knew you had a shovel, you could plan to dig out. If you knew you had a, a what are those, a battering ram thing, you know, you could just bulldoze your way out. Knowing what tool you have, knowing what spiritual gift that you have been given from God helps you understand your identity and helps you know how to serve God in the way that he's called you to So I would challenge you guys to take a spiritual gifts assessment. If you want to, you can even text those to me. Just share it with me and be like, hey, I got these. Because I think it's cool to share that with people. So that people know what your gifting is. Uh, Something we should be excited about. Something we should be prepared to use. (coughs) So be here next week. We'll wrap up this identity crisis. And like I said, if you guys have any topics that you want covered or talked about, come talk to me and we'll get to them eventually. Uh, but I'm going to pray for you guys real quick and we'll get out of here. God, thank you so much for this day. And thank you for this group of students that's here. And I pray that you would just help us to realize that God, our identity is not found in our skills and that it's definitely not found in our experiences, but God, our identity is found in you. God, that you give us gifts that we are to use to better your kingdom, God. That we are designed to serve you in a way that you have destined and designed for us to do. God, I pray that you would give us strength to be courageous enough to to share our testimony. We talked tonight about the importance of a testimony. God, give us boldness to share our testimony. God, give us boldness to use these spiritual gifts you've given us to, to further your kingdom, God. I pray that you bless these students. 
as they go from here, that they would be a light in this community, in their schools, in their families, in this world for you, God.